Hi, dear friend. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. And this is the program where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. You're listening to Hugh Heenan, currently ministering out of Trinity Garden Seventh-day Adventist, as well as Faith Adventist Centre in Mawson Lakes in Adelaide, South Australia. I'm delighted to be able to spend the next hour with you as we explore this week's continued theme of You Are Not a Robot, and more particularly today's related topic, Sabbath to Sunday. How did it happen, and does it matter anyway? Now, you might be a little bit uh, bemused, as are we, to realize that there's, um, <clears throat> there hasn't been an intro track uh, to our program today. If you're a regular listener, then you'll know that uh, there's one of those soothing uh, reminders that yes, we're we're back at our favorite program, and uh, the uh, uh, the unfortunately the drive time intro music is not working today, as unfortunately also with some of our other uh, music as well. Um, but I'm sure you won't mind, and we don't mind either, because this probably means that we have a little bit more time uh, to to share with you uh, some of the really important topics that we're going to be looking at today. Now. I'm not alone in the studio here. I have uh, someone with me that uh, is no stranger uh, to our listeners, and that's Helen Gray. And Helen Gray ministers out of Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful Adelaide Hills in South Australia. And uh, Helen, how are you today? I'm great, except the chair decided <coughs> to go away from me. <laughs> you nearly picked me up off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Just about. No, it's good to be here. It was very entertaining, I must say, to watch you uh, dash back, you know, with all the, the, the dance, the poise, the grace of no, someone no, who's no, been no, on their toes for many years. To tell people that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, you. <laughs> and then to see the chair go the opposite direction. Yes. That was quite uh, quite comical. But it is good to have you with me here in the studio. And it's so good to be with you too, Helen. Yes. And it has been a while, hasn't it, since we've been on the uh, broadcasting live on the airwaves. Mm. And uh, for our listeners, um, uh, I, I have been trying not to share COVID with my dear friend Helen, and that's why we haven't been together for a little while. Uh, I actually was a close contact, and then I was a close contact again. And then I finally succumbed to the dreaded uh, virus, mm -hmm. and uh, now we're on the other side of that. So if you may hear some of the the effects of that in my voice. I don't know if you will, um, but it's really good to be with you back on air, and it's so good to be back in the studio yeah. with yourself, Helen. And how are you? Thank What's you. been happening for you? Well, I had too have been quite ill, but I'm back on my feet now, so look out, world, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> and I've just seen the evidence of it too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Very good. What would you have done if you had to pick me up off the floor? <clears throat> well, that would have been quite the delicate uh, balance, wouldn't it? Yes, you know, it holding would. onto the microphone, leaning across the desk, trying to pick you up without breaking my back. You would be laughing too much to do it. I probably would I be know. too. <laughs> You're probably right. You know me too well. All right. Well, uh, welcome again, listeners, to our program today. And as you've just heard, we are going to be talking about a really interesting topic, an intriguing topic. I, I remember the first time I heard this topic and I thought to myself, could this really be true? And, uh, and that is that uh, what uh, many know as the Sabbath over time, historically, uh, it changed <clears throat> in terms of people's practices, at least, from Sabbath to Sunday. How did that happen? Uh, does it matter? And uh, why should we care? And so we're going to be talking about that today. And Helen, you're going to be taking us through that. But before mm -hmm. we do, I just want to share with our, our listeners something which was uh, very interesting uh, that I noticed uh, in the... Uh, <clears throat> in the uh, press, in the media, uh, during uh, the week. And uh, not so long ago, there was a fascinating article in the New York Times. And uh, 
<laughs> wouldn't you know, it's decided to log me out of Dear Me. I'm going to have to share with you this with you from memory. But uh, uh, this was an interesting article. There was a lady who followed uh, uh, close to 3,000 young people, teenagers, adolescents, <clears throat> and those who were in college. And, and she discovered something really remarkable. She found that those who um, were in college, that there was a marked and distinct difference between uh, whether they would get there in the first place and the results that they would uh, enjoy or not enjoy uh, there at college or there in, uh, in their tertiary studies or universities, we'd say here in Australia, uh, depended upon a certain very important part of their background. And it was true uh, across demographics. It was true for both male and female. It was true across ethnicities. Uh, but it was particularly true for young males. Uh, and this was that uh, that those who... <clears throat> and it was also particularly true for those who in the... Uh, what we would say were the more challenged socioeconomic uh, uh, backgrounds. Uh, those who were more blue-collar as opposed to white-collar households. Uh, and, and what it was was that uh, whereas those who have many of the supports... Uh, that come with wealth, uh, that uh, and, and perhaps living in a home where they've got the example of those who, who've come from a professional background uh, and are able to say, hey, look, this is how I did it, this is how you can do it too. Those who are devoid of those opportunities or of those, uh, those um, I guess you'd say, mentoring, in-home mentoring opportunities, uh, that for, for many a blue-collar student who, who had aspirations of getting to uh, tertiary studies, that the key difference right across uh, <clears throat> the United States and uh, true for this entire cohort that uh, was, was tracked and followed by the good professor over a, more than a decade was that uh, those who had a committed relationship or faith with God were far more likely to succeed in getting into university and having gotten there to, to, to graduate and therefore to have success and be set up for success in their early life. I found this very, very fascinating. And I, uh, as, as I contemplated that, it was interesting to, to unpack or to think through why would this be. And as we think about that, Helen, what, what comes to mind for you? Why do you think it would be that, uh, uh, that religion and faith and having a committed relationship with God would make such a profound difference in the life of uh, young people, particularly young male adolescents, in terms of uh, stepping through the ladder of personal development and life progression? Well, it's interesting. You really built that mm. up. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat thinking, well, come on, tell me what this key <laughs> thing is. Yes. And you finally did. But from where I'm sitting, I would say it gives them a greater purpose, mm. a meaning of life, um, hope, um, because I see too many young people that don't have that. Mm. You know, and um, they see what's going in the world and they despair. Whereas someone who has got that uh, as a committed Christian um, has that anchor, mm. you know, that stability. Yes. And I'm sure that plays a part in it. Yes. Mm. What I found really particularly interesting about this too, and I, I thoroughly agree with what you, how you've assessed that, I think that uh, that was a very clear picture that came through the studies uh, or the research that was done in this area. But what was also interesting is that the researcher found that this was particularly profound amongst Christians, uh, and she wasn't a Christian. Mm. And that, was, that was really quite interesting. So clearly there wasn't uh, any kind of academic or personal bias involved in, in the uh, outcomes, the results of her, her research that was conducted over such a long period of time with so many um, subjects. Now, <clears throat> all that you've just said 
really does encapsulate what she found. But in addition to that was that uh, the examples of those who've come before them, knowing that they have a place and getting a bigger picture on things and the whole arc and trajectory of history, um, not seeing themselves as just a bubble or a bit of froth in the moment, uh, and, uh, and also gaining from the, the mistakes and the successes and, and, uh, and the right choices and poor choices of heroes of faith, people they can look up to, people they can learn from, and most obviously, of course, from their personal relationship with God as well, being able to find solace and, and hope, as you were saying before, uh, to guide them through the difficulties that come with endeavouring to uh, work one's way through life with, with some degree or modicum of success. Um, and Yes, sorry, Helen's just raised her hand. Yeah. We've got a very good class here because they raised their hands in this studio. <laughs> so over to you, Helen. You taught me well. Um, why, though, why is it mainly the males? Well, it was interesting that. That was another fascinating point of this study. It was true for both female and for male, but it was more pronounced for males. And I think that Mm. perhaps this is, and and may may I hasten to add that uh, she also found, the the researcher, and I I can't bring up her name just now because I'm locked out, uh, but the fact is that uh, uh, we are living in times where for both male and female, or for young people in general, uh, there is so much volatility, there's so much uncertainty and ambiguity mm. and, uh, and uh, complexity in our world today uh, that it's really difficult to navigate your way through and to make sense of it all. Uh, and so the importance of having uh, a repository, a great archive of, and wealth of information and of life, uh, life guidance that God and his word provides, um, <clears throat> but also the, the wisdom that comes from being in a relationship with God. I can personally attest that, having gone from being atheist to a relationship with God. Um, and so I think it's really important for us to just perhaps acknowledge that. But maybe it is that, that males are feeling more confusion about their role today and how to play that role and how they fit into society, particularly young males, maybe not so much older males, but especially younger males, <clears throat> that, uh, that uh, perhaps that explains why there was such a pronounced shift or difference within, mm. their, within their part of the demographic study as, com- as compared to the, the female part of the demographic. But even so, the, the, the young ladies also enjoyed a benefit too. Mm. Mm. Well, I think that was a great study. <clears throat> mm, fascinating study, mm. yeah. Interesting. What they also found was that... Uh, the social supports that are so often missing in today's world, particularly for those who may live in disadvantaged neighbourhoods or those who live in uh, 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 in areas where perhaps there hasn't been quite the same investments uh, or the, inv- the interest from, from governments, uh, local or otherwise, uh, in the welfare of those who live in that area as compared to those who may have deeper pockets and greater influence, that, uh, that those who find their social uh, um, uh, supports and their mentorship and uh, the wraparound that comes from being a part of a faith community, uh, that perhaps that also explains uh, why it is that they they enjoyed so much greater success than their peers who didn't have that same benefit of being within a faith community and in a personal walk and relationship with God. So I really want to encourage our listeners Mm. out there. Maybe you're a young person. You're thinking, I just want to see you make my way clear. And I just really want to encourage you to to find yourself a good church. Find yourself... um, uh, time in God's Word, get to know God, and, and watch the difference that, that really makes. I can personally attest to that. And if you're a parent or a grandparent, and you're thinking to yourself, how can I help my teen? How can I help my adolescent uh, to navigate some of the storms that they're encountering socially and otherwise in their life? Maybe it's time to spend some time as a family 
around God's word. Get to know God personally. Uh, and, uh, and for that matter as well, to find a good um, network, a great village of faith uh, and faith community mm. around you as well. It's a sure foundation. It surely is. Uh, and like King Solomon said, he said that the beginning of wisdom is the fear or the reverence and deep respect that comes from a relationship with God. All right, well, I think that's probably enough on that, that topic for today. But isn't it interesting to see that God's Word is ever so relevant in today's world, perhaps Absolutely. more than ever before, uh, um, and, uh, and always has been? Absolutely. All right, well, today's topic is a really fascinating topic, and let's turn our attention there now. And I wonder, um, as we do that, Helen, um, <clears throat> you've, you've given a lot of thought to this, I know, uh, and, uh, and that is to this question of, um, you are not a robot, you were made for more than just going with the flow of society or being an automaton and going from one day to the next and working and, and being productive. Uh, God made you for so much more, and he's given us a great gift. Uh, and the, the question we're going to be looking at today in regards to that gift is Sabbath to Sunday. How did it happen? And does it matter anyway? Now, normally we'd segue with some music or something at this point in time, um, but uh, we don't have any music to play today. So well, we have the music, it just won't play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we're going to have to listen to you sing. Um, oh, are you ready for that? <laughs> no, I thought I'm very you were sorry. warming up this whole time. Okay. All right. So Only if you do a duet with me. <laughs> yes, well, maybe we should. Uh, well, let's, let's write that down for another day. Mm-hmm. Take a rain check. All right. So I'll hand over to you and, 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 uh, Navigate for us this really important topic today. Okay. Well, I'd just like to start by saying, did you know there was a very important day in the Bible that almost everyone has forgotten about? It really is astounding that only a few people are aware of it because it was one of the most significant days in all of human history. Now, I did not know about this. Um, It was really quite astounding to me because I kept Sunday as the seventh day and I just automatically like a robot thought that was correct but it's not only a day in the past but it also has meaning for us now and in the future and furthermore what happens on this neglected day can have a positive effect on on your life so you know if we want to know more about this amazing fact about this lost day of history let's get stuck into our study okay So I want to do a bit of a quick review um, of what we've been talking about this week. And the first question is, on what day did Jesus customarily worship? And um, Hugh, do you know what day Jesus customarily worshipped? Oh, that was that's, good to that's see what you. you <laughs> that's what you call payback. Yes, because Ella, what you couldn't see, folks, was that I was tiptoeing across the studio to close the studio door, and and uh, you decided I to play a game I of Dance of Grace resist. on me too, I didn't you? Resist. Yes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so yeah. I've landed back in my chair, good. and um, so in Luke chapter four and verse sixteen, I'm actually just um, sharing this um, off the cuff, off the top of my head. But as I recall, it says that Jesus worshipped <clears throat> on the seventh day or the Sabbath day. According to his custom, he went his to the synagogue. Was. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yes. Not too bad. <laughs> okay, um, but which day of history has been lost? Well, let me answer that. A little detective work is necessary to answer the question, and many believe that the Sabbath is the first day of the week, Sunday. But the Bible actually says that the Sabbath is a day that comes just before the first day of the week. And according to Scripture, the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week, that is Saturday. 
Do you have access to your Bible there? Oh, yes, here it is. It's coming up. Exodus 20, verse 10. Okay. So, Exodus 20 and verse 10. And this is what God's Word has to say to us. It says here that, uh, But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. And where do you found that? Um, Exodus chapter 20 verse 10, which of course is right in the very heart of the Ten Commandments. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> okay. Let me also read Mark sixteen one and 2, and it says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen, and they said among themselves, who will roll the stone away from the door of the tomb for us? So they wanted to um, bring spices and that when he was crucified. But the Sabbath, the preparation day was coming to a close. And so they waited until after Sabbath when the Sabbath was passed and they came back again. So he was crucified on the Friday. So what day was the Sabbath? The day after. Hmm. Yes. Which is? Well, um, when I look at the calendar, I guess um, if, if he was crucified on the sixth day or on the Friday, what we call Friday, so then that would correspond to what we now call Saturday. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So Sabbath would then be the seventh day or that's, Saturday. That's quite right. Okay. Okay. But um, have you got <clears throat> any other questions you want to ask me? Well, I, I guess the key question I'd like to ask is um, – well, where did this even start? Where, where does this whole idea come from? Um, I mean, we just read it in the Ten Commandments, didn't we? But mm-hmm. uh, is that where it began or did it begin before that? No, before that. Some people believe it was only created when the Jews came into being. But actually, no. God made the Sabbath at the time of creation. And when he made the world, he rested on the Sabbath, blessed and sanctified it, and that is he set it apart for a holy use. May I say that was the only day that he actually sanctified He made every day, but this one, he rested, he blessed it, and sanctified it. Mm. So it was set apart for holy use. Now, there's actually a a verse to that effect, isn't there, Uh, in Genesis, Genesis chapter Mm -hmm. 1. Shall we take a look at that? Go for it. All right. So in Genesis uh, chapter 1, and uh, here at verse uh, 28, uh, we read the following. It says, uh, actually, I might just go a bit further on, verse 31. Uh, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And by the way, that's the first time that we come across very good. It was yes. always good, 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 good. But then you get to the sixth day, and we're about to go into, the, you know, we're completing the sixth day, beginning the seventh day, and God says, oh, this is very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. And something really interesting happens at that point. You know, God doesn't continue to work, but instead he, he stops and he pauses. Um, and he doesn't set us to work either. You know, I've got, got these people here who can, who can serve me hand and foot, but he does something different. He says, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. I love the word you used, he paused. Mm, mm. He paused. Yes. And sometimes we forget to 
pause. I think so. And I think that's so, so important. Mm. You know, in the fourth of the Ten Commandments, God says we are to observe the seventh-day Sabbath as his holy day, and you've mentioned that. But it seems that God knew that people would be prone to forget his Sabbath, and so he Mm. began this commandment with a particular word. What was that word? Remember. Uh-huh. You yes. did remember. <laughs> I did. I was trying not to forget. Yes, yes. remember. So obviously um, in the Garden of Eden they knew about it, yes. you know, right from the beginning of creation. And he was telling the children of Israel when, the, when he was, wrote it in stone, don't forget, remember. Mm. So it was important. Mm. It was the only commandment with that word. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think that's a really important word because uh, so often we do forget and we forget some of the most important things. We've got our nose to the grindstone. We're thinking about the daily grind and we're thinking about what's happening in, in the moment, what's happening now. Yeah. Um, and we need sometimes someone to come from outside of us and say, hey, don't forget. Yes. You know, maybe your wife comes and says, don't forget, we've got a date. Or, or maybe yes. it is that, uh, that your friend says, hey, don't forget, we're catching up later. Or, or whatever it happens to be, or, or maybe your your son or your daughter turns to you and says, "Hey, don't forget, you know, to read me a bedtime story." You know, and so all these very important moments in time, God also has a "Don't forget," doesn't He? I love the way you say, "Don't forget, we have a date." Yes, and that's a date with God. Mm. <clears throat> it's an appointment with God. It is where He wants to meet with us, mm. and He'll keep His appointment every week. True. Will you? That's a good question. <laughs> Maybe that's why he says remember. It could well be. <laughs> yeah, he wants to keep it. He wants to have yes. a rendezvous with us. Absolutely. Mm. So so God says to remember, and, and that's found where? That's in the, the fourth command. In the fourth commandment the itself. Yes. Yeah, so really important. Yeah. But I've got to ask you something here, because I get this asked this question a lot myself. Haven't the Ten Commandments been changed? That's such an interesting question. I get asked a lot as well. Mm. But my answer is no, indeed. It is impossible for any of God's moral law to change. All Ten Commandments are still binding today. And just as the other nine commandments haven't changed, neither has the fourth. Perhaps you'd like to read Psalm 89, 34. Right. Psalm 89. Verse 34. Verse 34. Okay. Let me bring that up. So Psalm 89 verse 34 says this, I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. Okay. Mm. And that came from God. It did. Yeah. Absolutely. And God is a, is a God who cannot lie. Mm. And in Luke sixteen seventeen, it says here, and this is Jesus, he said, It is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one tittle of the law to fail. And, of course, the um, fourth commandment is in the law. Mm. So, no, it hasn't changed. So, it hasn't changed. So, if, if the Ten Commandments haven't changed, and therefore what they contain hasn't changed, and that would include, of course, also the Seventh-day Sabbath, yes. this, this, this important rendezvous for me and you with God, uh, it sounds very romantic, and if anything, um, that, that in actual point of fact, then, we would expect that if that's true, that that will be consistent through the Bible. So, Absolutely. did the apostles... Uh, continue to worship on the seventh-day Sabbath? What what happened there? Yes, they did. In fact, the book of Acts makes it clear that Paul and the early church actually kept the Sabbath, Mm. but just not the disciples. Okay. Well, were they, was was it only Jews? No, it was not. What about the Gentiles? Surely they didn't keep the Sabbath. Well, actually, the apostles in the early church not only obeyed God's Sabbath command, but they also taught the converted Gentiles to work on worship on Sabbath as well. Mm. 
So it wasn't just Jews. <clears throat> right. So it was I mean, both Jesus Jews and himself Gentiles. said Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he didn't say the Sabbath was made for Jews and not no. Jews for the Sabbath. He no. said man, right? Yes, yeah. humankind. Humankind. The word is yes. anthropos, isn't it, in, in the Greek? Which is oh, I'll for, take your word on that one. <laughs> which <laughs> means all me. of us. Yeah. <laughs> so it's every single one of us. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. But, okay, well, if it didn't change for people, did it change in terms of time? Has the day changed in the order of the week or, you know, um, What's happened there? Wasn't the day changed from the seventh day to the first day, from Saturday to Sunday? Well, this is where it gets very interesting because, no, God did not change it. Hmm. In fact, there is no suggestion anywhere in Scripture that Jesus, his Father, or the apostles ever at any time, under any circumstances, changed the holy seventh-day Sabbath to any other day. Indeed, the Bible teaches the opposite. In fact, if you consider the evidence, Hugh, for yourself, number one, God blessed the Sabbath. Exodus, you read it, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And uh, in Genesis 2, 3, he says he blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. And B, Christ expected his people to be still keeping the Sabbath in AD 70 when Jerusalem was destroyed. How do we know this? Because Jesus warned the followers of that time, saying, but pray ye that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Jesus made it clear that his people would be keeping the Sabbath even 40 years after his resurrection. Interesting, isn't it? So, yeah. Okay. And the women who came to anoint Christ's dead body kept the Sabbath, which is now called what people call in the churches Good Friday. Jesus died the day before the Sabbath which is Good Friday. The women prepared, prepared the spices, which we were talking about earlier, and then they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. And only when the Sabbath was passed did the women come on the first day of the week to continue their sad work. <coughs> it's interesting, they then found that Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, commonly what people call now Easter Sunday. But please note that the Sabbath according to the commandment was the day preceding Easter Sunday, which we now call Saturday. And it's really interesting that an author of Acts um, refers, doesn't refer to any change of the day of worship. There is no biblical record of a change. In fact, in the book of Acts, Luke says that he wrote his gospel, the book of Luke, about all of Jesus' teaching. But he never wrote about a change of the Sabbath. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? And so, in fact, um, I understand that having looked through the book of Acts, that uh, that there are at least 66 accounts, or 66 occasions rather, if you look at it chronologically, where they worshipped on the seventh-day Sabbath, but you don't find any indication that the day was changed. No, mm, not at all. And, and not just in Jerusalem, but in many other parts of the Roman Empire, including mm. those that were very much Gentile-dominated. Yes. Uh, yes. mm. Some people are even saying the Sabbath will be kept on the new earth. Is that correct? Well, that's a really interesting question. What does the Bible say about that? How about look it up? Isaiah 66, <laughs> okay. 22 and 23. I like that, Helen. You know, over the years I've learned that there's something really important. We should never ask someone, well, what do you think about mm-hmm. what God says? Yeah. We should ask instead, well, what, what, does, God say? what does God say? Exactly. Yeah, right. and then, of course, that person will share yes. uh, what God has shared with them. Yes. Yeah, so that really important uh, little twist on a question, isn't it? So Isaiah 66 and, verses 22 um, and 23. Let's have a look at those verses. As the new heavens and the new earth that I make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so will your name and descendants endure. From one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all mankind will come and bow down before me, says the Lord. 
the difference will be we will have the Sabbath with Jesus in person. Mm. Oh. I think I'm losing my voice. <laughs> You're getting very emotional and I overcome over something. there, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I can understand why too, because I'm feeling the same way when I think about, uh, wow, what an amazing experience that's going to be to spend. Absolutely. And as it is now, we get to spend a whole day with God, uninterrupted. Yes. How blissful is that? Mm. Um, a little bubble in time, uh, even in this sin-sick old world. But imagine face-to-face with Jesus. Yes. Absolutely amazing. And the Bible says that the saved people of all ages, not just our generation, will keep the Sabbath and the new earth. Mm. Very true. But um, hang on a second there, Helen. Um, Isn't it true to say that Sunday is the Lord's Day? Isn't Ah. that true? Well, read from Isaiah 58, 13. Okay, so Isaiah 58, 13 says, Call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord. Okay, what about Matthew twelve eight? Okay, well, Jesus does say that the Son of Man, that's his favorite term or, or phrase for himself, isn't it? The Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Oh. What day did he keep? The Sabbath. It was his custom to go into the synagogue. Well, that's right. We've ascertained that already. That's true. And even the <clears throat> Bible speaks of the Lord's Day in Revelation one ten. Mm. Maybe you'd like to read that for us? Okay, well, uh, Revelation 1... And verse 10, you're keeping me on my feet today, aren't you? Okay, Revelation 1 and verse 10. I typed that so quick, I did it in Italian, it came out as Revelatio. Okay, so Revelation 1 and verse 10, it says here, On the Lord's Day, and that's John speaking here. Uh, What a beautiful sound that is, by the way. Um, Could you imagine if that was the soundtrack behind what John was saying here? Um, Okay, we've just got our technician in the background here fiddling around trying to help us to recover you know, our soundtracks, but uh, we'll get there. In the meantime, on the Lord's Day, I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me, this is John speaking, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Mm. Mm. The Lord's Day again. And, the, <clears throat> you know, we just read the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So no verse of Scripture refers to Sunday as the Lord's Day. Rather, the Bible plainly identifies the seventh-day Sabbath as the Lord's Day. Hang on a and second. And the only day Hold the Lord has ever blessed minute. and claimed his own is the seventh-day Sabbath. Really? Are you sure? Yep. Um, many people suggest that that's Sunday, though, isn't it? Revelation 1, verse 10. Doesn't it say Sunday? Let me look at that again. Not on in the my Lord, Bible. On the Lord's Day, I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Actually, it doesn't, does it? It doesn't say anything about Sunday. No, it doesn't. Mind you, it doesn't say anything about the seventh-day Sabbath either, does it? But we've already ascertained that the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath, and he kept the seventh day. Aha. So if it doesn't actually give us the information, the full information, if it's somewhat silent and it's it's an assumed reference, then it's obviously assumed on the basis of what appears elsewhere in Scripture. Mm -hmm. The Bible interprets itself. Ah, I get it, you see. So in other words... Uh, what you've already read from other parts of the Bible makes it really clear that this, the Lord's Day, yes. which is just really assumed here on the part of John for our sake and for the reader, is actually Jesus' day, the mm-hmm. Lord's Day, the seventh day, the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Aha. Okay. So really then, the seventh day Sabbath is Jesus' day mm-hmm. that he wants to share with us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. But hang on. Here's another question, another curly one. Um, shouldn't we keep Sunday holy? in order to honor Christ's resurrection. Now, uh, I think I got you there, because didn't he rise on the first day? Well, he did. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, just this week, I um, was privileged to go along to the um, women's, um, Christian Women's Temperance Union dinner. 
And I sat next to a lovely lady and she brought up about the Sabbath. And that was one of the things she said was, but I keep, I keep Sunday because of the resurrection. But for me, no, the Bible never suggests keeping Sunday holy in honour of the resurrection or for any other reason. We honour Christ by obeying his direct commandments, not by substituting man-made traditions in plenty of his eternal law, you know, in place of his eternal law. So there is no way that in the scripture, if we were meant to keep it to celebrate his resurrection, we would have been told. But we actually celebrate his resurrection with baptism. Mm, if, you, if you think of it, that is yeah, true, isn't it? and the yes. Bible certainly doesn't change the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. Mm. There is nowhere in Scripture, right? In fact, come to think of it, we also uh, recall that and we remember that at communion time too, don't we? Yes. we? We take the bread and we take the cup, and we remember the Lord's death until He comes, and so we remember His death, His crucifixion, and also by extension His resurrection until the day He returns. Okay, so so in actual fact, we don't. We, the scripture doesn't tell us to keep Sunday to honour the resurrection. Rather, instead, it says, "Hey, look, you've got communion and you've got baptism as very practical, visible symbols to represent uh, His resurrection and the life that we share in Christ." Mm-hmm. Um, so I can understand why people would think that way. And and there was a time in my life where you know when I was exploring Christianity, where I thought that uh, that that must just be true. I just assumed it be, to be true. Yeah. Um, you were being a robot. You're right. Oh, actually, you're right. <laughs> now I think about it. I'm actually thinking now. I'm not just mm-hmm. thinking other people's thoughts after them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's, let's hear more of what God has to share on this. But before we do, um, just at this point in time, our technician has uh, pointed out that he thinks he's found a solution. And so we're just going to, to play a uh, spot. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And now we're going to play a wonderful song, I Will Give You Rest. Burden 
Well, we hope you enjoyed that beautiful song, I Will Give You Rest. That was by Lady Love Smith. What a great name, by the way. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's a bit like you, Helen. You're a lady as well, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yes. And, and, um, and uh, thank you to our technician who's, um, who's made such a difference for us this afternoon. All right, well, uh, we're, we're turning our attention now back to our question of before about the Sabbath. But before we do that, I just want to bring to your attention also the free offer that we'd like to uh, provide to all our listeners today, and it's uh, called God's Gift in Time. It's written by Walter Thompson. Uh, the code for this, if you were to text uh, 0488880811, that's uh, 0488880811, uh, or even for that matter, email us at uh, info at faithfm.com.au. That's info at faithfm.com.au. Uh, and simply, uh, if you are texting or emailing, just put in the code there, SA, capital S, capital A, no space, 37. So SA37, very South Australian code, that one, isn't it? <laughs> SA37. And our friendly robot will ask you for your details to be able to send you this free gift book for today, God's Gift in time. You know, uh, God isn't just wanting to give us gifts that are ethereal or abstract or that are some sort of a notion or wild idea, but uh, he goes beyond the conceptual, he goes to the practical, and he wants to give us a gift, in fact, the gift of himself, wrapped in time. And when I think about it, and I'm talking to this lovely lady to me, uh, across from me just just here now, Helen, um, and I'm thinking of this lady, Love Smith, when I think of love, I think that often... Love should really be spelled T-I-M-E. And God wants to really spend that special, precious time with his most beloved ones, and that's really what the Sabbath is about. So so again, that free offer is uh, God's gift in time. Simply text uh, the code SA37 to 048880811 or email us at info at faithfm.com.au. All right, well... Coming back to uh, the lady in the studio, back to Helen. Helen, it's great, uh, this study that you're sharing with us today. Um, Well, I think we've tracked a lot of what the Bible has to say about this this topic, about the Sabbath and its importance to Jesus, and uh, its importance to our relationship with him. But um, we've done that through the Old Testament and the New Testament. What about through history? Um, Because if Sunday keeping isn't in the Bible, then... Whose idea is it? Well, that's a very interesting question. <clears throat> because when we look down in history, I read uh, a paragraph that said about 300 years after Jesus' resurrection, partly because of hatred against the Jews, misguided men suggested that God's holy day of worship be changed from Saturday to Sunday. And it's, it's interesting that the sun was worshipped already in ancient times. And in the Roman Empire, the unconquered sun god was worshipped. In fact, in AD 321, Emperor Constantine issued the first official Sunday law. Had to bring his name into it. (laughs) But already before that time, a great number of Christians observed Sunday, sometimes in addition to Sabbath. Reasons for observing Sunday may have included the desire to to differentiate themselves from Jews and to enable Gentiles to become Christians more easily. But only after 321 was keeping Sabbath a Sunday um, enforced by civil and later church laws as well. There was a council at... um, Fill me in here, Laodicea. Was it the Council of Laodicea? <clears throat> there was a Council at Laodicea, yes, uh-huh. that is correct. That um, confirmed it again. That's right. Yeah, and it's interesting that um, a question was put to a, um, 
regarding the convert's catechism of Catholic doctrine, and it was, which is the Sabbath day? And the answer was, Saturday is the Sabbath. And the question came again, why do we observe Sunday instead of Saturday? The answer was, we observe Sunday instead of Saturday because the Catholic Church in the Council of Laodicea in AD 336 transferred the solemnity from Saturday to Sunday. You know, it's interesting, Hugh, that God actually prophesied and predicted this was going to happen. In fact, if we were to go and look at Daniel 7.25, you will see that it's talking about, um, there's a lot of symbolism, of course, in Daniel and Revelation, but he's talking about um, the time when he shall intend to change times and laws. Who do you think that he is? Mm, that's a good question. He will speak against the Most High and oppress his holy people and try to change the set times and the laws. The holy people will be delivered into his hands for a time, times, and half a time. Who is the he? That's a very good question. And I know you know the answer (laughs) because you teach this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do. Come on. Okay. Don't be shy. All right now. Well, that's a really good question. I think that... um, I've not often, I think this would be the very first time in my life that I've been asked to uh, to supply that answer off the cuff mm-hmm. live on radio, but uh, normally I'd like to sort of build a, um, I guess a profile, a biblical profile as to who the person that's in question is here and allow the Bible to speak for itself. Um, and so uh, is it okay if I defer at this moment? <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yes. I just wanted people to, to know that it yes. actually was predicted. Yes. And, um, yeah, that's quite an in-depth study. So it, I'll, it I'll let you off with I that. Think it, I think it really is. Yes, <laughs> and we, we don't have time one. to do that today. However, that being said, um, I think it's also important to to not just supply an answer on the basis of one passing reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just for, so for the sake of our listeners that uh, they hopefully can have some confidence in what we're sharing here, that we, we're going to make sure that, uh, that we supply uh, all that the Bible has to say on a topic. And, okay, uh, yeah. so we've got another text, Matthew 15. Matthew 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Matthew 15. Verses 6 <clears throat> and 9. 6 and 9. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this says here... Uh, He's talking about generally the commandments. Yes, he is. And um, perhaps from verse 3, Jesus says, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother. That's from the Ten Commandments, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, that they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. Mm, interesting. And it's interesting. He goes on to say hypocrites. Mm. Yeah, for man's tradition. <clears throat> you know, and, and um, did you read verse 9 as well? I didn't. But he goes on, he says here, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain because their teachings are merely human rules. So actually placing man-made rules or ideas over and above yes. and prioritizing them above God's law. Yeah. Interesting. And you know what? what is interesting to me too is that when I go through and I do my studies on this and I look up the different churches that actually speak, including the Catholic Church, they actually claim authority to be able to have changed um, the Sabbath to Sunday. 
They actually claim that authority. And in fact... It's a bold claim, Helen. It's a very bold claim. And in fact, in some place I read, and I haven't got it in front of me at the moment, but I do remember reading where they were saying the other Protestant churches um, aren't even aware that they are following the mother church. And it's like a little boy that kind of leaves home but has a locket with the mother in there, and they're carrying that with them. Mm. And uh, there was another statement I found, which... Just it, by the way, I, yes? I, I do recall that statement, and mm-hmm. I, I do believe it comes from uh, the writings of uh, 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 Professor O'Brien uh, from his very famous book on this topic in 1977, if I recall. And, uh, and uh, yeah, very famous statement. Again, a bold claim that's really indicating that... Uh, that many do these things, many worship on Sunday yes. without realizing that they're doing so in the footsteps, not so much of Christ, but more so in, in terms of the footsteps of the, of the Catholic tradition. That is so true. Mm. And if you go through the different... Um, actually, I'm very impressed with your memory there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you could have told me anything. I wouldn't have known any different, but thank you. <laughs> um, it's interesting if you look at the Baptists and the Church of Christ, the Congregationalists, the Episcopal, how do you say that word? Episcopal? Episcopalian, is it? Yeah, and the okay. Lutheran and the Methodist, Moody Bible Institute, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, they all come back and say um, that the Sunday is not the Sabbath. They all come back and they talk about it as being the Sabbath was binding in Eden, you know, and who, who changed it. And they all come back to the same thing again and again. And if I find this extremely interesting that they're all acknowledging that it wasn't scriptural. And yet they keep it, you know, which is, um, which is a really shame. You know, when I looked up the encyclopedia, it said Sunday was a name given by the heathens for the first day of the week because it was the day on which they worshipped the sun. Mm. Seventh day was blessed and held up by God himself and he requires his creatures to keep it holy to him. The commandment is of universal and perpetual obligation. And yet like robots, and I was a robot too, you know, I, I didn't see anything wrong. And when I was first presented with the idea that I was keeping the wrong day, I thought, oh, come on, <laughs> you know, how can that be so? We did it for, you know, <clears throat> my mum did it for 50 odd years and then she learned. Mm. And um, I was just stunned. But I tell you what, I've never regretted it. No. Never regretted it. Yes. But it is dangerous to tamper with God's law. And I need to bring this in. I know we probably haven't got a lot of time left, but I need to bring this in because God has forbidden people to change his law, either by deletions or additions. Tampering with God's law is one of the most dangerous things a person can do because God's law is perfect and it's designed to protect us from evil. Mm. And I think it's a, it's a sign of arrogance, if anything, to say we have the right to change it. We have the authority because, you know, especially when you think, you know, Constantine and and coming down through history, I mean, it's arrogant, Mm. really, when you think about it, that they're saying they have more authority than God. It's an interesting point, that one, actually, because it does point out that, uh, you know, when it comes to parliamentary law, we have every right to change parliamentary law through our parliament, don't we? Mm. Or when it comes to workplace rules, we have every right, if we're the employer, maybe in consultation with our employees, but certainly we have the right as the employer to change the rules of the workplace too. Um, and we have obligations one to each other. But divine law, that, that can only be made and changed by 
the divine one by God himself. Amen. Yes. Amen. So that's a really important point I think that you're making there. So the only way that that law could have been changed is if God changed it. But and, he didn't. But we don't find any indication no, of that anywhere in the scripture, didn't. do we? No. He didn't. In fact, um, Hugh, God gave the Sabbath as a twofold sign. It was a sign that he created the world in six literal days, and it's also a sign of God's mighty power to redeem and sanctify people. You know, it is a natural response for the Christian to love the seventh-day Sabbath as God's precious sign of creation and redemption. It's very disrespectful to trample upon God's Sabbath. And actually, in Isaiah 58, 13 and 14, we are counseled against that. God says all who would be blessed must get their feet off his holy day. Yes. I thought that was an interesting statement. (laughs) You know, get off my day. (laughs) Don't trample it. That's exactly. Keep off the grass. Keep (laughs) off this day, you know. But I, I believe it's very important to keep the Sabbath holy. It's To me, it's a matter of life and death, and the Sabbath is protected and upheld by the fourth commandment of God's law, but the deliberate breaking of any one of the Ten Commandments is sin. You know, I believe that Christians, when they know the truth, will gladly follow Christ's example of Sabbath keeping. Well, then I guess the question needs to be asked. Uh, many of us... Oft times in ignorance, I know that was true of me, and you've just declared the same, that we didn't know that it had been changed. Sorry, that that hadn't been changed. Um, And we just assumed that it was on Sunday. Mm. um, And that was for traditional reasons or because that's the way people had done it for a long time. Um, But those are not really reasons, are they? The majority can be wrong. Yes. And, uh, And so I guess then the question becomes, well, what about what happens if we continue to ignore this very precious gift of God to us? Well, number one, if you've been enlightened. I didn't get that. Could you try again? You know, that sounds a lot like me. I don't know if our listeners heard that, but um, <laughs> but that was uh, Siri trying to get in on the act, and she said, I didn't get that. Could you try again? And I think that's very true of many of us with this topic. I didn't get it for a long time, but now I do, and I'm so glad I do. All right, so yeah. back to you, Hannah. No more Siri. Yes. I, um, I was just going to say that it's... It's a terrible thing because people aren't aware of it. But once you're made aware and you go and you study the scriptures and you won't find, uh, you, you can study as much as you want, but you will not find anywhere in scripture where the Sabbath, Sabbath of the seventh day was changed to the first day. It just isn't there. And while there are some religious leaders who keep Sunday sacred because they don't know any better, those who deliberately do so profane what God has called holy and in hiding their eyes from God's true Sabbath, many religious leaders have caused others to profane it. You know, and that's really, really sad because millions have been misled on this matter. And Jesus even rebuked the Pharisees for pretending to love God while making void one of the Ten Commandments by their tradition. So, so it matters in terms of what we share with others because you know, we want to be faithfully representing yes. that the precious gifts and and uh, uh, and provisions of God to us, all the many wonderful benefits of God, and the Sabbath is one of those. But, but how is it beneficial? How, what, how is it that it matters to me personally? Well, number one, the Sabbath is a delight. I personally believe that, and the Scripture tells us that too. But what does John fourteen fifteen tell us? Well, it says, if you love me, this is Jesus speaking, yes. if you love me, keep my commandments. Absolutely. Pure and simple. Yes, the Sabbath is a gift from God who made it for you as a respite from the world. 
It's natural that people who love him would want to keep his Sabbath commandment. And indeed, love without commandment keeping is really not love at all. But it's a decision that we all have to make. We cannot avoid it. But the good news is that choosing the Sabbath will bless you profoundly. On the Sabbath, you can feel free to cease guilt-free your regular daily activities such as work and shopping and instead spend time with the creator of the universe. That's an awesome gift of time. Worshipping God with other believers, spending time with family, walking in nature, reading, spiritually uplifting materials and even visiting and encouraging the sick are all good ways to keep the Sabbath holy. And after the stress of six days of work, God has given you the gift of the Sabbath to rest from labours and to feed your soul. Just very quickly, I came across this um, little pamphlet said, A Day to Remember, Are You Travelling Too Fast? And on the back, it had, some might know this poem by Oren L. Crane. I'd just like to read it, if I may. It says, Slow me down, Lord. Slow me down, Lord. Ease the pounding of my heart by the quietening of my mind. Steady my hurried pace with a vision of the eternal reach of time. Give me, amid the confusion of the day, the calmness of the everlasting hills. Break the tensions of my nerves and muscles with the soothing music of the singing streams that live in my memory. Teach me the art of taking minute vacations, of slowing down to look at a flower, to chat with a friend, to pat a dog, to smile at a child, to read a few lines from a good book. Slow me down, Lord, and inspire me to send my roots deep into the soil of life's enduring values, that I may grow toward my greater destiny. Remind me each day that the race is not always to the swift, that there is more to life than increasing its speed, and let me look upward to the towering oak and know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and well. The Sabbath is a weekly reminder that we need to take time to be with God, to remember where we came from and what Jesus has done for us. <clears throat> what a, what a precious gift it is then. Yeah. So God is our creator, yes. and it marks and memorializes that God is creator and yes. reminds us every seventh day of that creation week and that cycle. But he's also our redeemer. He's our savior and redeemer, yes. isn't he? And so it reminds us that, yes, he, he died, he rested in the tomb, and he rose again. Yeah. And so it's always a reminder to us of our creator and our savior who's given us life twice, once at creation, once at the cross, as it were, yeah. and once and for all. By his and, death there. And the fact is, we're talking about the king of kings. Mm. We're talking about the creator of this whole universe. Yes. And he wants to dwell with us, with you, mm. with me, mm. and all our listeners out there. Yes. He wants to keep that appointment with us every Sabbath day. But he wants to keep an appointment every day with us, of course. But he Does. especially blesses the Sabbath. It's a joy mm. and a delight. We do not keep the Sabbath to be saved. No. We keep the Sabbath because we're already saved. Because we love to enjoy that salvation yes. and that relational uh, salvation uh, that we have with God every every day, but especially on the seventh day. We're snatching for time with God yes. throughout the week, but we have every bit of permission and authority from God to just take the whole day off and spend it in blissful relationship with Him yeah. and with uh, with His loved ones and, and with our families as well. So and very if you love me, He says, keep my commandments. Amen. Well, folks, we have this very free offer here, a wonderful offer of God's gift in time. I hope that we'll, all of us want to enjoy this gift, the gift of the Sabbath. But this is a wonderful free offer of this book, God's Gift in Time by Walter Thompson. The code word to receive it is SA37. Simply text that code word to 048880811. Uh, that's SA37 to 048880811. And you'll receive that wonderful uh, gift, God's
God's gift in time, and that's the wonderful gift of the Sabbath. And uh, a little word from our sponsors at this point in time as well, and uh, then we'll we'll close with a lovely song. Uh, but before we do, let's let's uh, take a moment to thank God in prayer. Father God, we just want to thank you so much <clears throat> for the precious gift of your Son, and for the precious gift of time with Him and you through the Holy Spirit, but in time, time with you every seventh day. Oh, it's so good to spend time with you every moment we possibly can, but Lord, to know we can just ev- let everything else drift away. We can tune out from the world and tune into you every seventh day in uninterrupted uh, uh, special time with you as your as your children. So Father, today we ask that you'll bless us, <clears throat> Lord, that each one of us will take that time that you are offering to us, uh, Lord, uh, because you love us and you care about us. And we pray all this, asking for a very special blessing upon our listeners in Jesus' name. Amen. May I just quickly give the invitation to any listener out there, if you wish to come and join with us in worship on Saturday, please look up your nearest Seventh-day Adventist church and feel free to come and join us. I'll be at Birdwood. Um, Hugh, where will you be? Uh, I'll be at Faith Adventist Centre at oh. Mawson Lakes. They're at the Denison Centre in Garden Terrace, Mawson Lakes. Fantastic. So feel welcome to come and join us and worship God on his Sabbath day. Thank you. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. God 